In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we have a guest uh, who is visiting us, the Deacon Mina Abdus Sayyid. He's a servant in the diocese and he has come to visit and he will be giving for us um, the sermon. May God speak on his mouth to all of us. So in the beginning of the Coptic New Year, we always uh, focus our attention on St. John the Baptist because it is his feast. In the month of Tut, uh, after we celebrate the Coptic New Year. Now, in any celebration in our church, we are not really uh, focused on the uh, um, the rituals or the practices as much as the essence of the uh, the readings and the 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 essence of the actual uh, feast. The rites and the rituals allow us to comprehend what is behind the, the mystery of the celebration. So in terms of the Coptic New Year, the, the readings will always revolve around the, the, the story of John, the baptism of John, and this central figure in the Gospels, John the Baptist. Now, I just want to give uh, a preface to uh, uh, John as a character, as a historical character, and as a cosmological figure. So, yes, there was John the Baptist who was in the deserts preparing the way for the Lord. He was this roaring lion paving the pathway. He was one roaring, uh, uh, um, screaming in the wilderness, preparing for the uh, manifestation of Christ in the creation. Now, there was the historical figure known as John the Baptist, but there's also the cosmological figure that is very well alluded to in the Gospel of John. So in the Gospel of John, it says John testifies in the first chapter. And in the last chapter, he says, I testify, I witnessed. And in the book of Revelation, also written by John, uh, the beloved who also wrote the gospel, he says, I testify. Now, notice how the term or the name John in the Gospel of John is linked to the verb testify or witness. Witness in Greek is martyri. Okay, so martyri or to testify is linked to this figure or cosmological being known as John. John testifies. John witnesses. What does it mean to be a martyr? What does it mean to testify? We are all the children of God, the children of John, by being baptized through the baptism of repentance and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason why I say we participate in both baptisms is because, yes, we were baptized all in the baptismal font, I don't know how many years back, but how do we rekindle, how do we reignite the Holy Spirit, the image of Christ that we bore through our baptism? It is through the baptism of repentance. And that's why St. Uh, Ambrose of Milan here, he says, God himself is justified through baptism, but people justify themselves by confessing their sins. As it is written, first confess your transgressions that you may be justified. One is justified because the gift of God is not rejected through stubbornness, but acknowledged through righteousness. It says here in the gospel, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord seeks for 
for the Lord seeks for truth. How abundant is the multitude of your goodness, O Lord, which you have laid upon for them that fear you. Anyone who fears Christ will live that life of baptism, will live that life of the martyr. He himself will become a John. He himself will become a testimony. He will witness to Christ here on earth. Now, I want you to uh, comprehend or, or uh, 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 um, contemplate the imagery of John in the wilderness, crying, paving the pathway. Why is this man crying? You know how St. Paul says in his epistle that the creation is groaning. It is crying. It is roaring, waiting for the manifestation of the image of Christ in it. John himself became that pathway upon which Christ was manifested. Now, what is this pathway? What is this pathway that we all become as a means for Christ's manifestation? The humanity that we live, the flesh and the blood. Remember how it says, and the word became flesh. Now, according to St. Paul, who is the flesh of Christ? Us. When Christ becomes, when the word becomes flesh, he is becoming us. And that is why our flesh, and that is why in the, in the narrative of the, uh, the two disciples of Emmaus, you know, this is after the resurrection, post-resurrection, they look at him, they see him, and they're like, who are you? We've never seen you before. It's like, are you kidding me? It's Christ Jesus who was with you for this past three years. You don't know him. No, they didn't know him. And then he started to talk to them about the scriptures. Their hearts were ignited. That feeling of baptism, the witness, the testimony began to rekindle in their hearts. And then he broke the bread. And as soon as he broke the bread or he became flesh, he disappeared because he appears in them. It's magnificent. And that's why we always ask, where is Christ? Christ is all this church. We are all the constituents, the members of the body of Christ. Why? Because we physically partake of the Eucharist. We, we physically become united with Christ, and therefore we become his flesh and bones. But when you become the flesh and the bone of Christ, you also become a John. The John is testifying. He is a martyri. Now, there's also another imagery of John that we need to focus upon, which is Christ on the cross. Who was the only disciple who followed Christ to the cross? Now, I'm not talking here about John the Baptist as the one who followed Christ. John the Baptist had been martyred then. He wasn't alive. But who was that disciple who followed Christ? It was John the Beloved. Now, I want you to imagine it was Christ on the cross, his mother at the bottom of the cross, and the beloved disciple, John. When Christ looked at his mother, he said, Behold your son. Why? Why is he telling her, Behold your son, the beloved disciple? Isn't he Christ himself? the son of the virgin? Why is he 
why is he ascribing her motherhood to someone else besides him? Well, here's the deal. You follow me to the cross, you become my image. Your mother becomes my mother. And that's why John is also the mother of the Virgin. Real profound imagery in the Gospels. But what made John so distinct as the disciple of Christ is he himself testified. He himself became a testimony. And he writes in the Gospel, I, John, testify. He writes in the Revelation, I, John, testify. Now, how do we testify in our lives? It is by continually reigniting that spirit of the image of Christ that we received in baptism. How do we rekindle it? It is through repentance. By daily, by continuously repenting. Repenting is not this one-time activity that we attend to on weekends so we can then come and confess to Abuna. No. It is this continuous process of comprehending my reality as being nothing in the presence of God. When you become nothing, he becomes everything in you. When you become nothing, he becomes everything in you. You know, there's this always this controversial psalm that people read in and out. Psalm 82, I called you uh, gods, sons of the Most High. Now, when people read this, you know, it's like, amazing, we're all called to be gods. You know, come and worship me. But that's not the meaning of the psalm. But you like, uh, uh, um, it says, you are the sons of the Most High. Uh, you, uh, you Didn't I call you gods, sons of the Most High, but like, Men, you shall die. You are mortal. Now, why do I need to die if I'm a god or if I'm called to be united with God? Why is this the case? Well, unless you testify through martyrdom, unless you shed your life for the sake of Christ, Christ cannot be engendered. Christ cannot be visible in you. That's what distinguishes John the Baptist, was he was testifying. He became the pavement, the pathway for the manifestation of Christ. When you let go of your desires daily, and when you confess, and when you repent, you are letting that image of Christ glow within you day by day. So it, is not, it, it will no longer be you, but Christ who lives in you. It, it just all comes together. It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. How? By the daily continuous repentance. Repentance is not a one-time activity during the weekend. It is a daily continuous process in our lives. Now, when comprehending ourselves as being nothing, we give a chance for the Holy Spirit to work within us. We've always heard these sermons of, you know, the, 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 the right falls and the left falls, the right sins and the left sins. Now, obviously, there's no vectors when it comes to sinning. But what does it mean to, you know, uh, possess a sin of the right or, you know, 
pertaining to that direction. Well, the sin, the right sin, is the sin of pride or arrogance. Okay? Arrogance or pride leads or is the door to all other sins that one can do or one can commit. What led David to commit adultery and kill or murder? It was pride. You know, I'm the king. I've conquered. I'm all set. I'm all good. I don't need to go to war. I'll send, you know, emissaries on my behalf. I'll send my troops and soldiers on my behalf. Sin of pride. Sin of being, you know, uh, uh, self or, or egocentric. When you look upon yourself, you know, you're, you're, so, you're so enclosed within that you don't allow the Spirit of God to work within you. You become limited and you voluntarily move towards corruption and mortality. But if you die before you die, then when it comes to die, you will never die. If you die before you die, if you give up your desires before you die, when it comes time for your death, you won't die because you have already entered into life by letting go of your desires. How so? By testifying, by becoming a daily witness at work, at school, at home, in our daily lives. The liturgy does not end here. The liturgy is followed by another cosmological liturgy. What you engage in in your daily activities at work, in your weekday uh, schedules, whatever it is, this is all part of the liturgy. You are communicating that flesh and blood and bones of Christ to the outer community, to outer society. Sometimes we think that evangelism is this external, you know, uh, uh, voluntary act, you know, activity whereby we hold banners and proselytize everyone to the name of Christ and bring them to the church. That's one form of evangelism, but that's not the primary form. The primary form is you yourself become a testimony. You, you yourself become an evangelist. How so? Whenever they see your good works, they glorify your Father in heaven. But it is all, it all culminates, it all trickles down to how well you can see yourself as nothing compared to the goodness of God, which is everything. When I bow down, when I fear the Lord, when I put the fear of the Lord in my heart, then the Lord becomes everything in me. Living the life of repentance, daily, continuous repentance allows the image of God to be visible through me. No longer will Christ be the son of the virgin, but I, the new John, will also be the son of the virgin. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.